from the streets to the league, from an eighth to a key. But you graduate when you make it up out of the streets. From the moments of pain, look how far we done came. Haters saying you changed, now you doing your thing. Good morning. Scared of the future while I hop in the DeLorean Scared to face the world complacent career student Some people graduate but be still stupid They tell you read this, eat this Don't look around, just peep this Preach this, teach us, Jesus Okay, look up now, they just stole your streetness After all of that, you received this Good morning Every time that we hit them, good morning Dominic DePrima, and as I'm approaching the microphone, I'm asking for blessings from God Almighty, the ancestors, the righteous elders, and Southern California's early morning communications drum is now wide open. Welcome, family. Welcome worldwide, listening online at kjlhradio.com. Starting every single day with gratitude, giving thanks to the Most High, giving thanks to Mr. Stevie Wonder, who gives us our radio freedom every day, the management and staff of KJLH Radio, the front page team, the team is on deck, Avi Bernard, associate producer Tal Talib, associate producer Angela Hoffman, production assistant, and Brenda Cadell, production assistant. I'm Dominique DePrima, your host and producer, Jasmine Canick. Lots of love to her, just doing amazing work uh, this week as we last two weeks as we cover the cases of Trayvon Martin and Kendrick McDade. We told you on yesterday the family of Kendrick McDade struggling to pay the cost of his burial. You guys heard his father, Kenneth, on yesterday. Just, just heartbreaking. Listening to him talking about his son. It's every mother's nightmare. I know all of us went home and and tucked our children in with extra love last night after hearing that. They held a fundraiser in Carson yesterday, hosted by Councilmember Mike Gibson for the family. But it's not too late to give. They have until Friday. they got to raise 10 Gs. You can go to DominiqueDeprima.com for the information about how to give. It's at any Chase Bank. It's the Kendrick McDade Memorial Fund. And... They will be our special guests today, Kenneth McDade and Anya Slaughter. Parents of Kendrick McDade, the teenager who was shot and killed by Pasadena police after a 911 call. Oscar Carrillo, the shooter, not the shooter, the caller. See, it's, it's confusing, though, because he was arrested for lying on the 911 call. He was arrested then released last night. They were holding him on an immigration charge. The DA said they were declining to file those involuntary manslaughter charges that the Pasadena police had sought. Now, 
He's walking around. So, if you're wondering why they call him the Trayvon Martin of Southern California, maybe that'll give you a clue. Of course, the names of the officers were released. They were talking about deporting Carrillo. Now that's been postponed. But Steve Cooley, not going to file involuntary manslaughter charges. Meanwhile, of course, they're saying they're continuing to investigate. They could file charges in the future against Carrillo. We got to see what's going to happen with those police officers. But meanwhile, Kendrick McDade is dead and he's not coming back. And I think what we're really talking about when we're talking about Trayvon Martin, we're talking about Kendrick McDade, we're talking about Devin Brown, is we're talking about changes that have to be made in the way young black men are dealt with by authorities, particularly police. I mean, when you when you talk about Trayvon Martin, you're talking about a self-appointed neighborhood watch who wasn't even supposed to be carrying a gun, who disobeyed the orders of the 911 dispatcher. When you talk about Kendrick McDade, it's different because these were officers. These are sworn officers of the law, one of whom, according to the civil suit filed yesterday by the family against the city of Pasadena and the attorney, is has a long history, a long history of shooting young black men. You know, it, it reminds me of the whole situation with the LAUSD where you've got teachers that are molesting children and the these files are hidden or buried or there's some protections by the union or whatever it might be because we know those officers have a lot of protections and rightly so. I understand the job is dangerous. I get that. But if you have a history just like, you know, the situation we saw with these Inglewood cops, if you have a history of shooting black people, you need to be on a desk. You don't need to be, or go patrol, you know, an area where you won't find any of us. Because there needs to be some consideration of public safety. Public safety means black people too. Yeah, it's a, it is a Wellness Wednesday. And uh, it, it might be a little bit awkward today, perhaps different, because uh, we are going to switch gears in the final half hour of the show uh, and go to our Wellness Wednesday mode. No matter how things are, no matter how many marches, no matter how many protests, no matter how many petitions, we have to remember to focus on our wellness, too. Because if we're not well... We're not effective. And this is a, an area of our community that is, you know, neglected, in my opinion. So we're not getting off that crusade. We're going to stay on that. And by the way, uh, the KJLH Women's Health Forum 12th Annual is the 28th, rain or shine. It will be the 28th of April. We want you to register ahead of time online at kglhradio.com we will have we'll have room for you don't worry the wellness village will be there we will have room for you but 
You want to make sure that you register online. So visit the website today and let's uh, let's get signed up for that, okay? I told you I was going to open up the phones, so let's do it. We have special guests on the way to the studio, as I mentioned. We've got a, another guest in the, the end of the show, so, I, you know, we usually run out of time, so... <laughs> Okay, um, let's go to R.K. calling me from Ontario. R.K., you have the floor. Yes, good morning, morning Dominique. Uh, how are you? I've been, I've been trying to get on uh, with this story about Stephon Watts, who was killed out in Calumet City, South Chicago, uh, back on February 1st. Severely autistic child. Police had been called out on 10 other occasions. They knew what the situation was. The parents would have to the call because he would act out at times and so they they had uh tased him on occasions and uh they came out this five police officers came out who i call the wbpd the waistband police department all over this nation they came out went down the basement where this child was okay with the father down there they said he lunged at them with a butter knife and they shot and killed him in front of the father. And the only person besides the, the family that was trying to get this out was the Reverend Jackson. Nobody, CNN, MSNBC, nobody has wanted to talk about this story. If you see this kid's face when you go online, he looks like he's about 11 years old. They shot and killed him dead in his basement. Severely autistic. You know good and well. Dominique, that if that had been a white child, they'd still be talking about it because he's an autistic, severely autistic, where they had come out, like I said, on 10 or 12 other occasions, and they killed this child in cold blood in his basement. Now, I know you've been calling RK. The phones have been busy, and I, you know, I'm glad that you're persistent. It's... It reminds me of Devin Brown. When you when you read about it, they said teenager. And when you looked at him, he looked like a child. Barely can see over the steering wheel. Now, I don't know all the details of that case, but I know that this issue of autism and policing is going to be a bigger and bigger issue because there are so many autistic children and adults right now. And the behavior... It, it seems like you it would it would require special training or something because the behavior is not it's not going to be what you would consider you know quote unquote normal right I mean you're going to react they're going to react differently to the police they're going to react differently to any person and uh, yeah it, so I mean I don't you know. Reverend Jackson, if you could get him up, he'll tell you the story. He's been trying his best to get it out there, and nobody wants to hear it. Well, I think it's because there's so much going on. I don't think nobody wants to hear it. And, yeah, we'll give Reverend Jackson a call. He usually checks in with us from time to time in between all of his other duties. But, you know, right now there is so much going on. I mean, the Supreme Court is poised to strike down the health care law. We're not really talking about it because we're talking about Trayvon Martin. We're talking about Kendrick McDade. Yesterday, the courts uphold the ban on affirmative action. And I said it after the show. Normally, that would be a whole show that we would be talking about it all day. Yesterday, students at Santa Monica College got pepper sprayed for protesting 
higher prices. Can't afford to go to school? Here's what you get. Pepper spray in your face. That's how we're doing our budget in the state of California right now. You want an education? Read this. <laughs> but we're not talking about it. And I don't think it's that people don't want to hear it, RK. I think it's that we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. And that's why, you know, we got... Yes, we're going to talk about this every day. We're going to watch these cases and we're going to take action because I think that's important. If we just get mad, then it's going to be a long, hot summer. That's why I'm glad people are, you know, marching, taking action, doing, you know, doing strategic, purposeful moves, signing a petition, listening to what these parents are asking us to do, not just freaking out and and doing whatever and and not above all giving into despair Salim from LA you have the mic uh yes um the other day the brother called and apologized about tweeting Zimmerman's address for Spike Lee yeah we don't know for sure that was the guy that did it but he said he did it yeah he apologized but for me, I tend to lean towards those type of actions, and this is why. We march and we say no justice, no peace. We don't need to give peace to any of these cold-blooded murderers out here. We need to uh, put this kind of thing out there to make examples of them. So if they devalue life, I don't care if you're black, white, blue, green, or orange, we need to let them know if you devalue life, then you're not going to have any peace in yours. You know what, Salim? With- Salim. Let me ask you a couple questions. First of all, um, you're, what, just for people that haven't been following the conversation, we were talking about whether or not it was correct for Spike Lee to tweet what he thought was the home address of George Zimmerman's parents. And I said no, and Salim disagrees. He's saying, from what I'm hearing, that it has to be done because extreme measures are needed. Do Would you agree with me that peace is the goal for ourselves, for our world, for... For mankind, if you know, want to get that that wide with it. Absolutely, okay. but at the same time, if we have those who don't wish for peace, we have to make examples of those who don't want peace and give them none. Let them deal with and live with the uh, the fact that they don't give peace, so they don't give any peace. But we don't sink to their level. I, I just don't think we have to maintain the, the moral high ground. I believe. Look, it ended up. The, the example was perfect because it wasn't even Zimmerman's house. And here's this elderly couple, right, that has people go, going by their house, giving them threats, and, it, and they have nothing. They're a d- different Zimmerman. Right. Well, and, see, and, that's and so them, that's them being wrong and giving the wrong information. Now, well, they, have they to shouldn't be giving, right giving their information. They shouldn't be giving I, out anybody's information. When John and Ken on that other radio station gave out the home address and phone number of that immigration rights activist, that was wrong. He got death threats. He has a family. That is wrong. We cannot sink to the level that, that they are on. We need to continue to do what we've always done, which is be the moral compass for the whole world. Right, but see, even scripture teaches you that the sins of the father will be put on the children. So we have to... But we don't take it upon ourselves to do that. Let's leave that to karma. Let's leave that that. to... Are you you saying that you're the one that's going to... You know, Tupac said it, only God can judge me. I'm not going to stand in the court of Spike Lee or the court of Salim. 
you know, but God put us here to be that moral compass. Like you said, for ourselves and our families, not for other people and their families, other than by example. But then, if that's the case, then how do we uh, 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 make examples of those? How do we get justice? Because walking down the street, shouting no justice, no peace, and not bringing it into uh, into fruition is uh, uh, empty slogans. Well, I I, 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 I think, think we we'll just agree to disagree. I don't think it's just about walking down the street shouting slogans, but that makes a difference. I mean the. the Trayvon Martin's mother has said it. And I'm sure, you know, the parents of Kendrick McDade will say it. If it wasn't for people making statements, marching, etc., then there would be no transparency for this case. There would be no pushback. There would be no investigations going on where newspapers are hiring voice experts to find out that uh, that it doesn't appear that that's George Zimmerman's voice on the tape, for example. Now, yeah, we have to be strategic. We've got to file lawsuits. We've got to vote people in and out of office. We've got to raise money. It's not just about slogans, but I think to dismiss that as as just empty and ineffective, it, it you know it, it doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve us. Today is the anniversary of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We got a lot, yeah, we got stuff to be mad about. You want to go around assassinating people? No. That tarnishes the legacy of Dr. King. Dr. King's legacy is as powerful as it is because he stood on his principles until the end, even if it meant giving up his own life. Now, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not as holy as Dr. King. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back, okay? However, what I'm talking about is on the level of principle, on the way, the choices that we make. One Buffalo soldier calling from Palmdale. Oh, good morning, Dominique, and uh, hello to the Front Page family and Mr. Stevie Wonder. How are you? I'm excellent. What's on your mind? It might not sound like it, but I am excellent. Uh, what's on my mind this morning? First, I want to say this past weekend, along with myself and the Buffalo Soldier, highly decorated, we were proud to be there, stand up for Mr. Martin and his uh, family. God bless him. But one thing I will say, as being a highly trained uh, soldier myself, and what I have seen out there on the front line, our police department and law enforcement and people that have that authority, they really are afraid of us. I have been in some very tough situations, and by being trained and knowing what and who I'm dealing with, I'm prepared and I know what to do and know how to act. But the average American citizen, we're talking about African-Americans, they are not aware of what they are dealing with. So hopefully, Mr. R. No, Brother Tony Muhammad is listening to this here. We need to get on that council. We need to talk with the police department chief and let him know that we need to talk with these police officers and get them prepared to deal with our black brothers and sisters out there on these streets because they are senseless, heartless, and they are really ready to kill us. So I just got to say that, and I hope I get a chance to talk with Brother Tony Muhammad to let him know we got to talk with him and get them prepared to deal with 
what I was going through. Well, you, you heard Attorney Brian. <laughs> you heard Attorney Brian Dunn at the town hall meeting. He's pretty much saying exactly what you're saying, which is we have to teach our children whether it's double standard, whether it's fair or not. We have to teach our children to be respectful. I mean, he goes so far as to say, "Put your hands up, fingers spread." So that there's no reaching for the waistband. There's no, I thought he had a gun. And if you want to talk back, you do it later through your attorney. And honestly, I think that's great advice. You might not want to hear it, but if it is what it is, then it is what it is. And i rather have a living child than one that was correct in the moment. Standing up for their rights. Yes, stand up for your rights. I'll always teach that. But don't put your life in jeopardy. Uh, Carson Councilmember Mike Gibson is with us. He was moved by the story of Kendrick McDay. He's in his second term now. He led a rally calling for justice uh, yes, uh, on April 3rd, justice for Trayvon Martin at City Hall with uh, Assemblymember Isadora Hall, uh, Tony Muhammad, and others, local clergy. Now he was helping collect donations to help bury 19-year-old Kendrick McDade, who, as you know, was shot and killed in Pasadena, March 24th, uh, after a fake 911 call. Like, we can't say fake. I mean, the guy was just lying. Uh, Council Member Gibson, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. You had a great turnout on yesterday, and but the fundraising continues. Fundraiser continues. We just send our prayers out to the McDay family um, and also to the uh, uh, entire family community that have suffered uh, a tragedy and a loss uh, due to uh, someone lying in this case, what transpired um, with Kendrick McDay and also Trayvon uh, Martin and his family as well, 3,000 miles away in Florida. Uh, it was a good rally on yesterday. Um, but this rally was more than just a rally. It was a rally to come together as family, to address this, allow our voices to be heard. Specifically, it was a call to, here in California, Los Angeles County, a call to DA Cooley. I am, again, disturbed, not only yes by yesterday, but also by today, this morning, by finding out that Mr. Castillo was released and not uh, charged uh, with making an erroneous, no, not an erroneous, uh, a downright lie of a call that entered in result of this young man being killed by the Pasadena Police Department. I'm upset about that. Well, I mean, from a political standpoint, because we talked about the difference between marching and some people feel it's time to do more than marching. They want to, you know, they want to tweet people's home addresses and, you know, try to do things to take justice into their own hands. But I mean, you know, this is not the first time we've had issues with Cooley. I'm having flashbacks to those Long Beach children, you know, those Halloween children where they were held literally for months, you know, but, but you're going to let a guy that just clearly we know his actions led to the death of a child, you're going to let him walk and you're thinking about charges. I mean, you know, you know, I'm not a fan of Cooley. I'm so glad Kamala Harris beat his butt in the uh, state attorney general's. I can't tell you because we don't need this type of justice on a statewide level. But we still have it here in L.A. So what do I do other than talk about him on the radio? 
I think we have to do, we have to continue to put the pressure on, we have to continue to allow our voices to be heard, because if we don't allow our voices to be heard, uh, then it won't be heard. Um, and I think yesterday, as well as the other many rallies of people coming together, I think it's, re, it's uh, rising to a conscious level uh, that people can no longer stay silent. But what kind of pressure works? I mean, on a, on a DA, for example. What well, kind of pressure works? A DA has to be elected. And we elect him, and it's certainly. But he's not running he's not again. Running for, he's not running again. But we have to make sure that we have a DA, an elected DA, that's going to be sensitive, uh, to only to the community, but also do the right thing. This is about fairness and justice. Uh, you know, uh, no, uh, no peace, no justice, and we need to demand justice, um, and not tomorrow, but right now. Let's go to Karen from Compton. Good morning, Karen. You have the mic. Karen, Hello. hi. Welcome. All right, thank you, thank you. Yes, I'm Karen. I'm calling from um, Compton. And I just want to say my son was um, convicted. Um, he got 12 years, and what happened is they got him for two years for shooting a gun in the air and 10 for just having a gun. Then you have people like Zimmerman that's running around free, and all these other cops that's running around free. Well, my son has never been in trouble before. Wow. And in 12 years, at 24 years old, I pleaded with the DA not to give him that much time. I understand that he needs to do some time because he shouldn't have the gun. I understand that. I even went as far as turning him in myself when they when um, I found out they were looking for him. I took him to him, and he was taught to tell the truth. So he told exactly what happened, and they gave him 12 years. And I am pissed. Okay, can't say that on the radio. I'm sorry. I'm upset. Thank you, Karen. Very upset. Sorry. Very, very I don't blame you. I really don't. I mean, how do you, as a mom, you look at that situation, how do you justify that? I mean, yeah, you're not supposed to shoot up in the air. It's stupid. I wish people would stop doing that. But youthful stupidity, 12 years, homicide, zero. Exactly. And then you exactly. want us to have faith in the justice system. That means some things have to change. Exactly. You have what well, you have the DA um, making a decision like that. You got one person that can make a decision on the person's life. Now, if you had a panel, a jury, because he was scared to take it to trial, they was going to give him 20 years if he took it to trial. They scared the bejesus out of him. Well, I mean, we kind of saw that with the uh, Mytrice Richardson case. You know, they settled out of court. Um, because they were like, okay, we're going to dig up everything. We're going to make your life a living hell, and you may end up with no case. Exactly, exactly. And it's, But that doesn't mean that we, the people, can't continue to talk about it, make it an example, and try to change policies. I mean, I think John Mack made a great point at our town hall meeting, which, by the way, if you want to see it, it's online, DominiqueDeprima.com. There's pictures if you, if you couldn't come. But he said out of the Devin Brown case came the policy change where police officers are now expected to move out of the way of a moving vehicle. It is no longer considered a weapon. They have to get out of the way like anyone would. If a car, a moving vehicle is hurtling towards you, generally you have to get out of the way. Now that's police policy. And that's because a community... As John, Mar- as John Mack, who is a police commissioner, said, the community put the pressure on through right. marching, through chanting, through showing up at meetings. And so that although Devin Brown will never come back, 
and his 13-year-old life is cut short. At least we, the community, make an example of it. Exactly. And then policy changes. That's what we need. We need policy changes so that exactly. we don't just march and then go away and nothing happens and then it happens again and we march and go. You know, there's a study, the Pew study, saying right now that Republicans are tired of hearing about the Trayvon Martin story. Well, guess how tired we are. Exactly. Because it's exactly. the same story, a different child. Exactly. You think you know, you're tired, let it be your kids. And let's see exactly. how tired you get. Exactly. You know, we, you know, as black people, we live it. We live it every day. We see it every day. We just, you know, just a few are on the news. Yeah. But think about how many that's not on the news. Well, Karen, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your son. Aaron, I really am. You. I'm going to pray for him and, um, you know, just pray that he will come out of this experience stronger and better. Exactly. And, not, exactly. and not broken down as some people get when they go into our so-called rehabilitation system. Yeah, he's, he's doing okay. He's staying prayed up and he's, you know, talking about going to school and getting a you know, degree while he's there. You know, he's That's making right. the best prayed of that up situation. And, and read up. <laughs> Karen, exactly. thank you for sharing your story. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. It's 5.05 in the morning. We have special guests on the way. We have a, a busy week, like every week, but that's a good thing. And you're always invited to call 520-KJLH, 520-5554. It's a Wellness Wednesday, but I said on yesterday that we were going to focus on opening these phones as much as we can this week because people want to talk about Trayvon Martin, want to talk about Kendrick McDade, want to talk about other similar cases that they've personally experienced or that they've watched, like our case said, um, from afar. That's the front page. It's only right here. It's Radio Free 102.3 KJLA. Introducing a different mindset. On the front page. Radio Free 102.3 KJLA. University. This is the front page on Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Cover worse, color worse, my people's come first. So if you ain't busting down, please disperse. Please disperse. Please disperse. I knew I never should have bought that tease the purse. Cover worse, color worse, my people's come first. So if you ain't busting down, please disperse. Please disperse. Please disperse. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. It's the front page. Oh, yeah. Light going on around here. Um, and we are... I know I said we were going to do our Wellness Wednesday thing. It's going to take the form of speaking with Coach E after our second break. Because right now um, we are being joined uh, by some special guests. And I just want to make sure that we leave enough time for that and time to get to your phone calls. Um, in the studio with us right now is the father of Kendrick McDade, the Pasadena teenager who was shot and killed last month. Uh, Kenneth McDade, you talked to us yesterday. He's with us now in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for, for being with us today. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Also um, joining us 
is his attorney. Uh, she's also spoken with us before, but uh, she's with us in studio as well, representing her client, Carrie Harper. Good morning. So we, we want to... Um, Councilmember Mike Gibson is here. He put out a call for the community to donate funds, and we want to continue that push because you have until Friday to raise the money that you need to lay your son to rest. Is that correct? Well, actually, till this morning. Till this morning? Yeah, it was, it's a deadline. Uh, up to the mortuary, uh, they need the um, the balance in full by this morning, or they won't be able to do the services. Um, Saturday. Mike Gibson, you wanted to present uh, some some funds that you raised to the family. That is correct. Thank you very much. Uh, we went to at a rally on the Carson City Council, and we took up a, a collection. This is a, a small. Um, a fragment of what we want to do and we want to present this to the family um, we hope that uh, one the goal is actually met and we're going to do our very very level best to make sure that you give uh, your son uh, your loved one a decent burial and so it's the least we can do we, we we help family and family come around and support family during this difficult time and so Thank you, we want to present uh, this um, and, and family today is not over so it's not too late to donate. You can go to DominiqueDeprima.com and get the information about their bank. It is Chase Bank, and they are accepting donations as soon as they open, or you can transfer money directly from your own bank. It is the Kendrick McDade Memorial Fund at Chase Bank. We want you to step up. We really do want you to step up, because this is just, with everything else that's going on, they should be able to give a dignified burial home going to their son. Mr. McDade is overcome, and, and I, I really, I can't say that I blame you. Carrie Harper? Yes. You're the attorney in this case, and, and, and something that I haven't read about in the papers that you brought up, you, the civil suit was filed. Yes, that, it was. That's the big news. Got to get you on the mic. Yes. Um. And there's a lot of things in that suit that we didn't know. But one of the things I haven't read that hasn't been so outlined is about the videotape of this incident. Yes, uh, there is not one. And everyone should call in and maybe inquire of uh, Police Chief Sanchez in Pasadena of uh, why there is no videotape that is easily accessible in the patrol units there, either by an emergency response, a code three response, it's triggered automatically, or it could be triggered manually by the officers. So they're all, all, their cars are all equipped with this video equipment? These units that responded were. So the question is why, why no tape? Do you believe there is a tape and you're just not getting it? Or do you believe there's actually no tape? I believe they selected not to turn it on. But I also believe more importantly is that it should be investigated. Other people should be asking these questions, specifically the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice. I have made contact with the Department of Justice, Civil Rights Division, twice. I'm waiting to hear back. We want them to investigate now why, while the witnesses' memories are freshest. We don't want Pasadena rec uh, investigating their own. Yeah. We want the Civil Rights Division the, of the Department of Justice to step in. Not the OIC. And, not the OIC. 
you no. know, we see what effective work they did in the case of Mytrice Richardson. Um, still no answers there. We believe that it's difficult for a small city department to be expected to investigate their own. And in all fairness, if you have a small department uh, where there are officers who are going to be investigating their friends, uh, and then on the next call, they're going to potentially a uh, righteous shooting call, not where someone has lied, we're going to ask these same officers to, uh, you know, be honest, yeah, it was a bad shoot, and then expect their fellow officers to cover them after they've testified against them. Uh, who, who can expect that much? That's why someone else should investigate. No one can expect someone to give testimony and accuse their fellow cop of wrongdoing and then have that same fellow cop roll to a bank robbery with them and expect that same fellow cop to cover, cover them. And this is an officer safety issue. This is this would be in the best interest of the Pasadena police officers. It's a small department. It is not a huge department. It's a small police department. And the chief has made mistakes. The chief has gone on camera and vilified my client repeatedly. Okay, and I, and I want to talk about that. Because, because I think, Kenneth McDade, on yesterday, you were kind enough to give us a portrait of your son, your relationship with your son, what your family is all about. How do you feel? What do we need to know? How do you feel when you hear him described as some kind of a criminal or... And, and honestly, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised to hear more of this. I mean, we have seen this with Trayvon Martin. It just makes me mad, you know, to, to hear him speak like that, you know, especially not knowing my son. You know, just to try to put a stereotype on somebody, you know, they don't really even know. They've never been around them, you know, never had a, a, a chance to have contact with them, so they never know how good of a person he was, you know, how good of a kid he was, you know, he was still just a kid. His, his football teammates stood up for him. Yeah. You know, he was, that was powerful, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, you know, and, and he never had a chance to, to even get a chance to experience life, you know. Uh, then everything he had to do as a kid, you know, to become the man. And now when it's that time, you know, it's, it's, it's cut away from. What, what, did, what did Kendrick aspire to? What did he love? Football, crack, sisters, brothers, family. Young friends. man, college student, not a young parent. Not a young parent. <laughs> not a teenage parent. As a matter of fact, we actually... Just um, a couple of Fridays ago, we laughed, you know, because um, and his mom just had another son, and he um, told me he's like, um, Dad, that's messed up. You know, you set me up for this. You and Mom had a child, but um, I got him all the time. I was told him that's because you want to. You don't want to let him go, you know, because he just from the you know from the day he was born you know Kendrick um, actually Kendrick named him you know him and his mom had a little argument about what his name wanted to be <laughs> and uh, Kendrick actually gave um, my son Keon you know he named my son Keon wow actually I, I I've just handed you a picture of um, Keon it's beautiful and, a little baby and just uh, yeah incidentally uh, Keon is um, Keon was born 
six days. Seven days. Seven days before um, Mr. McDade was killed and uh, died at the exact same hospital. And the photo that I'm showing you was provided to um, a, a, a news group. And in order to perpetuate a stereotype, they showed this photo of a young man kissing a young baby, and we believe they were just trying to show it to, in order to um, make it seem like he's a young 19-year-old with a kid already, which there is nothing wrong with, but he, uh, they didn't show nothing that it was his... It just doesn't happen to be the case. It, they, were, they were inaccurate. It was an inaccurate portrayal, and, and on this particular show, uh, they cut off the... Uh, dad, Mr. McDade here in the wide shot. All three of us were there. They cut it off. In another portrayal, this show that there's an absent father. So they've started... Which is also not the case. That's not the case. The father has been present in his life. The father has participated in his life. He is not a young man with a lot of babies at, as, at a teenage age, which I'm not criticizing, but I'm just showing that this particular right-wing... Uh, show, and I can name it, it was uh, Velez Mitchell's show, uh, this particular right-wing show inaccurately portrayed uh, what the fact was, and that was he's kissing his young brother in the exact same hospital that he died in few day, a few days earlier, and uh, they cut out the shot of his father and made it seem like it was just the lawyer and the mother there. Uh, an absent father and a grieving mother. And that was inaccurate as well. Uh, last night, Oscar Carrillo, the 911 caller, was released. How did you feel? Uh, I was a little upset, you know. It's really at the system for allowing it to happen, you know, but really more upset at the cops because they're the ones who actually uh, pull the trigger. Oh, it's it's hard to even describe how I feel. You know, it's just another letdown you know, by the, the the system that's supposed to protect us. You know, people can can donate, and I hope that we will. I thought we had till Friday, but it turns out we have till today. Uh, Chase Bank. The Kendrick McDade Memorial Fund, the account number and the routing number and all of that are up on DominicDeprima.com. You can go on there. You can transfer money directly from your bank, and you can do it right now before the banks open, or you can go into Chase and deposit some cash. Um, what else can we do? I know the Friend Page family, and, you know, this is KJLH. This is home. I listen to you all the time. Thank you for that. I mean, and, and, and we're listening to you all the time. People want to know what can we do. First of all, you know, we need to, to, instead of just saying that we're going to do stuff, you know, we got to step up and, you know, and, and if it's never example made, you know, like I said before, it's nothing ever going to change. You know, the example got to start from somebody. You know, um, I think I was just listening to one of your callers a few minutes ago that said they gave her son 12 years. He'd never been in trouble before. You know, for shooting a gun in the air. For shooting a gun in the air. You know, what about the the, the the guy that's professional that's out here, you know, making these rash decisions, nothing's ever happening to him. You know, they don't have no, um, 
there's no kind of action being taken, you know, and especially, you know, when they knowing what they're doing. Maybe, do you think it's changing? Maybe that's changing. I mean, I look at the case of Oscar Grant, where the officer, although he didn't get a lot of time, there was a prosecution. I, mean, I, I don't know if that, that hadn't happened in many, many, many years. I don't think that's, you know, that's really good enough, you know, because if they're being, if they're professionals, if they've been trained to do this, you know, this their punishment should be greater than, than me or yours. You know, if I'm a, a, a military man, I get in trouble, you know, my punishment is going to be greater than a civilian's punishment. You know, it's... it's so you're saying they should be held to a higher standard because exactly. they are to protect and serve. At the same time, you know, officers will will argue and and uh, as they as they have a right to do so, that they have a dangerous job. You know, they face criminals all day. They do fear for their lives, so they feel also they should have more protection, maybe more leeway. Um, you know, in the in the case of Oscar Grant, uh, the young man from Oakland who was killed in a BART platform station. That was seen on tape. And I think that's one of the reasons why that prosecution went forward because it went on YouTube. And everyone saw him getting shot in the back of the head. And, and you know, that, I guess, it makes it seem even more egregious that there's no videotape in your son's case. But at the same time, officers will say, well, you know, we put our lives in danger to protect you every day, so shouldn't we have some leeway? Well, yeah, and there's, sometimes videotape isn't good enough. Though there there are versions of videotape, and things people want to flip uh, the script on the videotape and or surveillance tapes and put a particular spin on it, or you get part of it, or it's doctored. Um, you know, sometimes videotape is not good enough. I uh, have a case in Riverside, a Riverside shooting case, where officers shot a young unarmed man, again, uh, that case, uh, Lamar Wilson, that's currently pending in the federal district court in, in Riverside, and uh, that is on videotape, that is in, on YouTube. So you can go on YouTube and look at the Lamar Wilson shooting and see officers shooting at him. And um, I was able to, uh, he was not convicted. I tried that case twice and uh, they made a political issue out of it. But he was not convicted and uh, he's now suing. So sometimes videotape, uh, people want to put particular spins on video. But um, if you're a governmental entity, you have the ability to do a little bit more than us private persons sometimes. That's why we want a large governmental entity to investigate Mr. McDade's case. Okay, um, we have a lot of our front page family that would like to talk with you. Is that okay? Can we go to the phones? Okay. Um, let's go to Aaron from Los Angeles. Uh, what you're saying it reminds me of the Donovan Jackson case here in Inglewood where the officers ended up suing even though we saw that child being slammed down on the car on videotape. Your point is taken. Aaron from LA, good morning. Aaron, are you there? Yes. You're on yes. the air. Hi, how you doing? Um I first wanna, you know, I'll uh, say I'm sorry for your loss, sir. Um and uh well, I listen to you guys as much as I can. I love this KGLH family I'm part of it I, I would I would like to say I am a police officer for Los Angeles. Um and we have a very 
very tough job, um, especially dealing with when it comes to shootings. Um, and I know that police officers are human and, and sometimes, but when you try to cover it up, when you try to cover it up and and not just come out and apologize and when 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 there are there are cameras in some parts of Los Angeles Police Department, uh, there are cameras and the and and the excuse me, but and the writing does say, however, on certain calls you shall have the cameras on. I don't know Pasadena's um I don't know their, 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 policy. their language, their policy when it comes to cameras. But for L.A., you shall have the cameras on, especially for Code 3. And I doubt... What's heavily, Code 3? Um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, lights and sirens. When there's an emergency call and, and we have to go lights and sirens and, you know, someone's life is in danger or, or the call may say that... Uh, someone's life may be in danger. So you're feeling like it should have been videotaped? If the car was equipped with it, yes. And and knowing Pasadena, they have a lot more money than L.A. (laughs) And and it should have. If the car was equipped, it should have been on camera. Now, if it wasn't... uh, Well, they're saying it was. The attorney says it was. Well, okay, the police so chief also then, says then it was it should have been on, unless you know. And if it's workable, it should have been on. And I and I don't know the officers because every every yes, police officers are individuals. So I don't know what that those officers were thinking if they turned it off. If they turned it off, then oh, they they should definitely be punished for that. Not only should they be punished for that because they are individuals. Um, they. Now the investigation, like you said, maybe it should come from outside because because of the the, the police department, police Pasadena is so small, like you're saying, and yeah, it might be a boy club. Who knows? However, um, you know, I I would never have turned it off. I would never have turned it off because it it can work into our favor as police officers. It does work into our favor. I have used the camera. Yeah, if you if you do if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it does. Aaron, um, I thank you for calling. You want to respond, uh, Kenneth McDade, to what what this LAPD officer is saying? I mean, basically supporting what you're saying, which is it should have been videotaped. Yeah, it should have been videotaped. You know, but. Um, you know, if anybody that ever knows me, you know, I'm the most benefit of the doubt given this guy. You know, I'm going to look and just give you that part, you know. And I've done that for these officers already, you know. I gave them all the benefit of the doubt that I can give them, you know. But it's, it's, it, that's all I can do at, the, at, at this point, you know, because they're just steady lying. You know, once I give you that benefit of the doubt and then you stay lying to my face, it's it's out of the window, you know. I can't I can't listen to that no more. I can't go with that. Well, yesterday you said that uh, they told you they did not, or they indicated they didn't know that Oscar Carrillo was lying. When you later found out they did, is that what you're talking about? When you say they've been lying to your face, or are there other things? What well, so let me if I could just interject briefly. <clears throat> um, yesterday, um, uh, he said that uh, yesterday. I said that in the meeting with 
the NAACP where the chief spoke with the parents and apologized for their loss, uh, which was gracious. Um, uh, uh, he said that he listened to the 911 tapes and he believed that the caller believed he was being robbed. And he listened to the tapes and he believed that there was a crime that had occurred and a robbery that had occurred. And all the while, two days earlier, he had gotten knowledge that in fact, there, the caller was lying. And but for the fact that I did a press conference uh, two days later, he would not have come out and said, well, yeah, the caller is a liar, and we're arresting him now for involuntary manslaughter. So he had this knowledge, but once I did a press conference to call for the DOJ to come in, then he came forward with the knowledge. Department of Justice, The yeah. Department of Justice, yes. So um, are there other things? Or you just, I mean, not that, that, that you need other things, but you're saying, you know, you're saying that they keep misleading you. Uh, you know, I just want them to, to, you know, take credit for their action. Mm. You know, like they're doing at the, at the, around each other. You know, Five thirty-nine in the morning. That's 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 but that's what I want. You know, I want some justice for my son. I want this. I want, you know, I don't want him to go out as being like that. You know, when he wasn't, he was a he was a good kid. You know, superstar to us. He has no. Priors, no, no record. No record. He's a jock. You're, He's a football jock. You're convinced that there wasn't that he was not involved in a crime, that he was not involved in a burglary. They still are leaving it out there like it's a possibility. Why are you so convinced? I mean, obviously, as his dad, you said you went with him everywhere. The neighborhood kids were always at your house. Right. Well, for, well, first, here's the thing. Um, I'm not in charge of passing the police department to investigate. I was willing to allow the police department to investigate before passing judgment and immediately saying that I'm convinced that the police department is covering something up. I gave the chief the benefit of the doubt. I said it on the air. I said that on the press conference, too. I said we're not trying to beat up on cops here. I talked about the 90%. Maybe the caller that called in that was a police officer, he's in the 90% who joined the job to do the job and to serve his community diligently like the women and men in law enforcement do. It's the 10% that caused the cameras to respond. It's the 10% that caused community uproars. And uh, that is a problem. But you're convinced that I'm convinced Kendrick that did not I'm convinced com, I'm convinced that Kendrick McDade did not con commit any of the felonious activities that the chief of police is accusing him of. I'm convinced that Kendrick McDade unfortunately happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, but he has friends and family in that neighborhood. That's the neighborhood he was raised in. This taco shop is like a, a mall to some of those kids over there. They go there at various hours of the days and nights. They're going to portray him as hanging out at night. I've been getting emails and letters and calls in my office. Well, if he would have been at home, he wouldn't have gotten shot. If yeah. he shouldn't be at home, at, 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 he shouldn't be out at night. He's well, a college student. College students go out at night. Is it against the law to go and get something to eat when you're hungry? Well, um, the thing, the more important thing is, is that we're centering and this smear campaign has been effective because now you know what we're discussing? We're discussing the taco shop. So right now, well, and I know you're... it's not effective to me. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, you're, it's getting airplay of 
what occurred at the taco shop, but he was shot two blocks away a num- uh, 10, 15 minutes later. It is mm-hmm. the shoot. Now, whether or not you um, have actually robbed somebody or burglared somebody or kidnapped somebody, when the officer arrives to the scene of the crime, they're not allowed to shoot someone unless they believe that someone's death is imminently at issue, someone is about to be killed, right. or the officer is about to be killed. Right, because otherwise they're acting as judge and jury. So let's talk about the police videotape instead of the taco shop videotape and or, the, or, uh, the, or any other issue that the uh, folks are trying to deflect or trying to vilify um, my uh, uh, client's dead son. They're going to start vilifying him. Uh, they're going to, I believe, they'll probably start vilifying Mr. Kenneth McDade sitting here because he's speaking well, out. They're going to flip the script on him and put everyone on trial who speaks out. Because they, yeah. they want to silence you, shut you up, embarrass you. Well, you, yeah, I, I want to go to the phones because I have a lot of calls. But you point out in the police report that the police are the only people listed as victims. Yes, which tends to be the case in... Uh, Usually you see a police officer listed as victim in a 148 uh, PC, which is an obstruction of justice, or a 243 PC, which is a battery on an officer, or uh, other felony versions of batteries right, but this on is an officer. A, this is an officer-involved shooting, and you're saying the person that was supposedly robbed isn't even listed as a victim. That's not what I said. Uh, the person who was allegedly robbed, the liar, who... Uh, He's listed as victim one. However, the people, the officers who killed my son are victims two and three. The police department has yet to explain that. So instead of getting on the air... You said my son. So I could tell you take your cases really personally, but we know what you meant. Wow. You meant Kendrick McDay. Wow. You know, it has touched me. Um, I believe, uh, you know, I, I was giving the chief the benefit of the doubt, but I did uh, begin drafting the lawsuit uh, after... Um, the police chief conducted a, a ruse of a town hall meeting on Saturday in which I walked out in and I realized that he was not uh, authentic in his desire to get to the bottom of it. He was authentic in his desire to cover it up. And that day I said, I said my son because the mother has said, and, and she's not doing very much speaking, but she says she still calls his cell phone, okay, to see if he's going to answer and if that doesn't break everybody's heart, um, it should. So I did say my son. Well, I'm not mad at that. Let's go to um, Billy Jean calling us from the Valley. Billy Jean, I know you have a story to tell, but I'm going to ask you to uh, give me the abbreviated version, if you would. Billy Jean? Oh, hi. How are you? I just wanted to say that I appreciate you. I thank you for all that you're doing. You're getting a lot out, and I'm going to give you my short version. Uh, 28 years ago today, I was in the same situation as the parents of the young man in Pasadena. I had a young son, 20 years old, killed by LAPD. To this day, they never told me why or what happened. They just said, 
said somebody called and said he was running down the street with the child. He had epilepsy and he had his niece and a seizure come on him. So I just want to thank you for all that you're doing and I feel for these parents because it doesn't get easy. And continue on as you're doing. You give us a lot of information. I'm up every morning before you come on at 430. I'm a first time caller and I will continue to be listening. Thank you, Billy Jean. I appreciate you calling. appreciate your sharing your story and I appreciate your, your listening and being part of our front page family. Five forty-five already. Kenneth McDade. When you hear Billie Jean, is there anything you want to say to her? Yeah, I'm sorry for your loss too. You know, it's that right there is kind of discouraging. You know, because if it's been that long, she haven't got an answer. You know, at that. A different LAPD, though it's a different day. Of course, you're dealing with Pasadena. All right. But right. I think uh, because of your your son, and because of Trayvon Martin, and because of the people marching, and, and your attorney, and things are more in the, in the spotlight than they were. I think 20 years ago. I think I might get a a better response, you know, because I got the right woman on the job. You know, she's gonna she's gonna handle it for me. Meanwhile, we, we still need to raise money uh, for Kendrick McDay's burial. And we will have um, donation boxes in the lobby here at KJLH. If you don't want to be, you don't know how to transfer from your bank or you don't want to be doing all that, you can walk over here. We'll make sure it gets to them. But Chase Bank, the account numbers, all of that stuff is up on DominiqueDeprima.com. And you can either make a transfer or you can go in and make a donation to the Kendrick McDade Memorial Fund. Turns out today is the deadline. Today, so we gotta get on it right now. 5:47. More straight ahead. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. It's time to get up. Get, get, get up. It's the front page. The front page. Front page on Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Introducing a different mindset. Uh. The front page. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Kochi, Eric Nall, uh, giving up his time on the mic this morning because he wanted to make sure we had plenty of time to talk with Kenneth McDade and talk with you. Um, so, Kenneth McDade with us. He is the father of Kendrick McDade, who was shot and killed by the Pasadena police. On March 24th, and people calling him the Trayvon Martin of Los Angeles. Why? Because, well, teenager, football player, college student, good student, promising young man, involved family, no arrests, no... Well, normally, when an officer involves shooting, you wouldn't expect to see an arrest. But what would you expect to see? Carrie Harper, Carrie Harper, attorney. Yes. Um, well, you would expect to see an investigation. 
I don't believe the police has done any investigations. The things that I uh, mentioned in the statement of facts and the witness accounts, the police hasn't released any of that information. Uh, they want to release less when it's a bad shoot for understandable reasons. Uh, I think it's just a problem to for, for police to say, look, we messed up. My bad. We made a mistake. And it's unfortunate because it's always the cover-up that's worse uh, than the actual act. Uh, you know, it, they act, they can't bring back the son, but they can at least give them the give the dignity of the truth uh, and give the fa family some closure. Because just like the caller said, police are human too. They make mistakes, but the biggest mistake is to go ahead and lie about it and cover it up. And that's what occurred here. Now that is what I am convinced that occurred here. We're gonna push the envelope a little bit here. Um... Steve Harvey's kind enough to let us do that from time to time. Kenneth McDade, you, you said on yesterday, you know, that you are raising money to lay your son to rest. That, I, I it got the deadline wrong. I thought it was Friday. Turns out it's today. Yes. And you guys are not asking for anything fancy. I mean, you're trying to raise just $10,000, which anyone who's ever laid anyone to rest knows that's you know, that's not anything extravagant. It's it's just a dignified ongoing right. for a young man. Um, what would you tell people? Um, you know, I, I just really want to let you speak directly to people because this is something we, our front page family, I feel, I feel confident that we will step up and get this done today. Um, I think probably what I would probably say is... Um, you know, um, I'm easy a Sunday morning, you know, just like, you know, pretty much my family is. Kendrick, you know, is not real extravagant type of people. You know, Kendrick, you know, he was just a love kid, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I want to send, I, I know you're, you're, you're looking for words and while you're doing that, I just want to send my prayers, my condolences and, our, and love on behalf of this entire front page family, this entire KGLH family to Kendrick's mother. Um, she's not, she, she's not going too good either right now, you know, she's, her stress level is real high, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to ease her her pain a little bit by letting her know you know that I'm finna I'm gonna handle this you know situation so she don't have to worry but you know her worries guess it's just out of my control you know I can't really it's just out of my control you know I can't really get to her to let her know I got it you know I'm trying to I'm trying to take care of it you know that's why I'm here that's why I've been going I've been you know the lawyer trying to Let's get everything together that we need to, to have by tomorrow. Kerry, uh, you wanted to? Yeah, I, he's he's here as a father. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but he, he said it quite eloquently, I think. And as a mom, it's just, wow, it's tearing my heart out. I, I just, I really, really pray that we can step up, family, and at least do this. This is the least we can do. Jazz Mechanic wrote an op-ed yesterday um 
which is in the paper today, calling on the Pasadena Police Officers Association to step up and pay the bill for that funeral. Or at least make a sizable donation, not as an admission of guilt, That's but as an act happen. of good faith, as an act. Well, miracles happen. Miracles happen. Maybe it won't. But wouldn't that be amazing if it did? And, 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 and even if it didn't, what about someone like like Aaron, a police officer of goodwill, a good faith, of one of the 90% who do their job every day in spite of great risks? What if, what if a bunch of people like that stepped up and said, you know what, we're going to donate? We're going to show that we're not all like this. That we're going to show that this is not where law enforcement is now. Wouldn't that be a powerful statement? It would be a powerful statement. Let's do it. It's Radio Free 102.3 KJLH, Compton, Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Inglewood. Tony from Cerritos has a question. Real quick, Tony, because we're on OT here. Tony? Yes. Real quick, because we're on overtime, okay? I understand. Good morning, Dominique. Morning. Um, Mr. McDay, I'm sorry for your loss. What I want to say is that the media entities that misrepresent facts should be in some way held to the fire because their manner of acting has in some way obstructed justice. Uh-huh. So from a licensing standpoint and from other any other standpoint that we could utilize, we should also go after them as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I I agree. Every everyone should be held accountable. Um, you have to fight one battle though at a time, and pr- but primarily we want to get. Please advocate for the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice to come in and investigate. But you know what? We should we should put a letter up on the website so people can write in because I think uh, that's what happened. That's what happened in Florida with Trayvon Martin. That's what is happening. But look how long it's taking. I'm a defense attorney primarily, and I do I, I do select excessive force cases, um, and generally 95% of the cases, the people I represent have no record. The shooting, the Wilson shooting in Riverside, that teenager, uh, that kid didn't have a record. Mr. McDade didn't have a record. So when um, <laughs> when when you have misrepresentations about these uh, by these agencies that are trying to portray them differently that uh, is that should almost be a crime in itself yeah well you, you i mean okay i'm not an attorney so i'm reading this civil suit that was filed <laughs> i'm looking at it or looking at notes about it or whatever and it seems to point out that some of these officers apparently have a track record, a history. Well, let me help you with that, um, because the civil rights suit was to, um, as I said, I began writing it after the police chief uh, walked around in a town hall meeting like he was running for office, running for the Republican nomination coming up, and he, they required censored questions written on index cards to be uh, examined before being presented to the chief who then paraded around with a microphone and did not answer anything. He answered nothing. He deflected the question and had a script of what he wanted to say. So if I, if the question was, why weren't the officers rolling code three? He, it, it was tan- his answers was tantamount to the officers weren't rolling code three because uh, I had pastrami for lunch yesterday and this and that and then he did a narrative and they put a time limit on it so he there would be a question and he would take 20 minutes to answer 
about what he had for lunch, dinner, right. and what, what his future plans for Easter are. I mean, without naming a name, it says... A certain officer has been directly responsible for multiple controversial killings of young black men in Pasadena, yet he was the chief's choice to investigate this controversial officer-involved shooting. Yeah, you said without naming a name. Unlike the police department, I believe, uh, in the transparency in this case. So I'll name the name. That particular uh, officer, this is a filed document. It's on file. Public document. Public document. It's on file. It's Keith Gomez of the Pasadena Police Department. Keith Gomez of the past, and the reason I can talk about some of those cases, which what is not in the lawsuit, is that uh, Keith Gomez uh, beat up and participating in beating up uh, three uh, young men on a street corner. I know this because I represented those three men in the civil rights action uh, against Pasadena Police Department several years ago. These teens were guilty of no more than standing on a corner and they got detained and they had the audacity to ask why are you why are you uh, detaining us it, they had their civil rights uh abridged and they had the actual audacity to ask why instead of assuming the position that the officers seemed to have thought that they had to assume the position without questioning it so i sued on behalf of those three teens uh, they listed uh, Gomez as a, an attempted murder uh, victim. Again, a police officer was listed as a victim. My client goes to the hospital, and the cop gets scratches on his fist from beating him down, and he's the victim in the police report. My client's a suspect. So uh. we sued in federal court. I got the client. He did not get prosecuted. He did not get convicted. I tried the case, and we sued in federal court. But they commonly list themselves as victim, and depending on how bad they get beat, that's how many charges you might face because they want these folks to plead out and for it to never see the light day of court because then they would have to explain themselves. Yeah, then it goes in the paper. Again, that's the again that's the ten percent. I want to make it clear: this is not a You're cop bashing. You're not talking bashing. about all, all this, officers. Exactly, Nor we're not are cop we. bashing all all cops here. Really this is quickly, 10%. really quickly, college Shaw from Stop the Violence, Increase the Peace Foundation. Uh, good morning, uh, Dominique. Uh, my condolences uh, to the family. Um, you know, my heart out to the family. Just wanted to, on behalf of Stop the Violence, let you know that we're going to bring down uh, $200 uh, this morning uh, in support of uh, the family. We'd like to challenge other violence prevention agencies and folks in our community to do the same thing. It's time to step up. Uh, and again, God bless you. Whatever we can do, we're here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, College Shaw. We we do have to go. It's time to pass the microphone to Steve Harvey. But I want to know, I'm starting with you. Uh, what would you leave us with this morning? There's so much information. Carrie Harper, attorney for the, uh, for the family of Kendrick McDade. What would you leave us with this morning? I would leave you with, um, don't... don't not to accept uh, the whitewash uh, and the cover-up and to be strong and to insist that the Civil Rights Division looks into this shooting. Also, more importantly, witnesses step forward 
it's difficult for witnesses who have to live in the community to testify because Pasadena police has, in prior occasions, when witnesses have come forward, their, their probation is mysteriously violated um, the next day. Uh, so I'm not saying that is the case here, but witnesses to this event, please step forward. I know it's hard to say not to be afraid when you still have to live there, but if you're, you're it's going to keep happening, and one day it might be your son. Kenneth McDade, the father of Kendrick McDade, thank you for coming in. I know it's not easy. I recognize that, and I appreciate your strength, your bravery, and your determination in fighting for justice for your son, even through, even through the pain. I appreciate having me. What would you leave us with? What would you tell the people, the parents, the moms, the dads, the activists, your front page, your KJLH family? Well, to all the parents, you know, that that's with your kids, you know, love them, you know, enjoy them while you got them, because you're not promised tomorrow uh, to be with them. Uh, to all the, the, the family out there, you know, the support, and I appreciate all the support and the help. You know, it's going to be a long road, you know, but I just got some brand new shoes, so I'm ready to walk it and figure out what's going on with my child, you know. Well, please let us know how we can help. This is not not a one-day thing. This is, this is your front page family. As I said, we will have collection boxes in the lobby here at KJLH today. You can go to Chase Bank and make a donation. You can find the information online. We want to thank Carson Councilmember Mike Gibson for the rally and fundraiser in support of Trayvon Martin and Kendrick McDade. And we also want to um, thank uh, CBS2, KCAL9, and FOX11 uh, for, for listening, for, for broadcasting today from, from KJLH. And we want to thank you so very much for coming in. Thank you. Um, and we're going to end with an affirmation. As you go on your way about your day, let's take a moment to affirm ourselves and take a deep breath in and let us release. Today I ask that the truth be revealed to me. Truth is eternal. Truth is the essence of my soul. Truth is grounded in love, power, peace, joy, and wisdom. The truth is eternal. It never changes. I am grateful for the truth that is now revealed to me on this day. And so it is. Till next time, Radio Free Family. One love. KJLH, Compton, Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Inglewood. Celebrating Black History 365 days a year.